Chapter 4. Te Deum Laudamus. The early church was not without its able leaders, but it is an error to ascribe too great a role to the church fathers. Despite their heroic role, the best of them were not free from theological errors due to the lingering effects of pagan philosophies. Similarly, the various heresies brought open paganism into the very life of the church, and pagan practices and beliefs abounded. That the early church represented a confused picture and a mixed multitude is readily apparent. But the fact remains that a solid core of orthodoxy was also there. The growing collapse of humanism made the alternative, orthodox Christianity, all the more not merely an alternative, but man's only hope. As against the vague myths of paganism and heresy and the studied uncertainties of humanism, the hard, certain realities of biblical faith were a joyful alternative even in the face of persecutions. A hymn of the church which gave exuberant expression to the triumphant nature of the orthodox faith was the Te Deum Laudamus. The Te Deum reflects the creedal faith very clearly. It is the church's song of triumph in the face of heresy and unbelief. It echoes the battles against Gnosticism, Arianism, and other heresies, and celebrates the victory of orthodoxy and its joyful faith in the triune God. The roots of the Te Deum are in the Greek hymn Gloria Patri, and in various hymns of praise. The Apostolic Constitutions, around 357, contains elements of the Te Deum. The Te Deum go back to the Codex Alexandrius of the Bible, a portion of the hymn being five lines incorporated from that text. The present form of the hymn probably dates back to the 4th century AD. The text of the Te Deum, as it appears in the Book of Common Prayer, is as follows. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee, the goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee, the noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee, the Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ, thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou lookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Proctor, in his study of the prayer book, cited an excellent summary of this hymn's contents. Comber observes that this ancient hymn contains, first, an act of praise offered to God by us, and by all creatures, as well as in earth as in heaven. Secondly, a confession of faith, declaring, one, the general consent unto it, two, 
the particulars of it concerning every person in the Trinity, and more largely concerning the Son, as to his divinity, his humanity, and particularly his incarnation, his death, his present glory, and his return to judgment. Thirdly, a supplication grounded upon it, one for all his people, that they may be preserved here and saved hereafter. Two, for ourselves, who daily praise him, that we may be kept from further sin and be pardoned for what is past because we trust in him. This summary is an excellent one and points to the character of the hymn. The Te Diem sings with the fierce joy and exuberant confidence of Orthodox faith in the early church. Several important characteristics are clearly evident. First, it is the Orthodox faith which the Te Diem clearly affirms. The popularity of the hymn was an indication of the popular roots of the Orthodox faith. It was the faith of vast numbers of humble believers and of simple pastors. The vague uncertainties of Arianism and other heresies could appeal to the willful, the rebellious, and the humanistic elements in the church, but to the humble believers talk about God as the monad and Christ as an emanation was insubstantial nonsense when compared to the herd, clear realities celebrated by the Te Deum. Second, although the Christians were a minority in and out of the empire, they sang the Te Deum in the confident joy that the true believer is always in the vast majority in God's universe. All the church doth worship thee, the heavens and all thy powers therein. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The Te Deum echoes the faith of Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. People who believe that the opposition, however entrenched and numerically and politically strong, is merely a temporary cloud in God's universe will not be readily discouraged or deflected in their steady movement towards power and dominion. The enemy had only a silent God. The Orthodox party had the self-revealing God. The enemy had the power of Caesar behind it. The Orthodox believers had the power of the triune God behind them. Caesar's overlord was their God and Savior. And this God, having died for them, would do yet more and care for them. They could therefore sing with joy, Thou art King of glory, O Christ. Third, with this confident faith, the Orthodox believers could make the amazing prayer, Let me never be confounded, the culmination of the Te Deum. For the pagans, the gods and history forever confounded men. The lot of man was a sorry one, and the process of the universe confounded, confused, and shamed man with frustration, defeat, decay, and death. It is customary for humanists to portray pagan antiquity as a golden age, a time of joy and of human self-realization and dignity. The portrait represents mythology. Pagan man held to a basically pessimistic outlook. It was a you-can't-win philosophy. Fate destined man to an ultimately dark and shadowed end, and man's todays were clouded by life's basically hostility to man. It was no less true of the barbarians that for them, life was basically frustrating. Vita Scooter cited a revealing passage in Bede as illustrative of the different world of Christianity. For it is no wonder, says Bede of S. Cuthbert, that the very creature should obey his wishes, who so faithfully obeyed the great author of all creatures. But we, for the most part, have lost our dominion over the creation that has been subjected to us, because we neglected to obey the Lord and Creator of all things, the creation that has been subject to us. How strangely had this quiet, incidental phase fallen on pagan ears. To be a Christian means, the Orthodox party saw, restoration into Adam's dominion and kingship over the earth. 
Such a faith makes for a magnificent confidence in the face of all things. According to Bede, King Edwin's advisors in AD 627 urged adoption of Christianity for the pragmatic reason that it contained something more certain than their paganism, and therefore it seems justly to deserve to be followed. It was no small factor in the appeal of Orthodox Christianity that it offered something more certain, and that this something was a gospel, good news, and the word of victory. Life had a way of confounding men, great and small, and a faith which could be confident in its prayer against confounding was clearly a commanding one. The Te Diem was here as elsewhere clearly reflecting scripture. Psalm 22.5 reads, They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. In another psalm, David prayed, Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those who seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Psalm 69.6 In numerous psalms, the confounding of the ungodly is called for. Psalm 35, 40.14.72.71.13.14.83.17.97.7 the assurance of the Orthodox believers in praying, let me never be confounded, was grounded moreover in Paul's declaration, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. The confidence of the Te Diem is thus firmly grounded. God will not only spare his chosen ones from confounding, but he purposes to use them to confound the powers of this world. Fourth, the mighty agent of this confounding of the ungodly is the King of Glory, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. He is the great judge and man's savior and present help. He is the incarnate one who experienced all things man experiences, including the sharpness of death. The Te Diem, thus, is a triumphant expression also of Orthodox Christian creedalism. Arius's Thalia has been sung by the Alexandrian dockhands and others, and had enjoyed a brief popularity, but only as a means of mocking the Orthodox believers. Except for its critical and mocking use, it had no meaning, certainly not as strong as a song of faith. The Te Diem, however, is a song of faith, of confident and triumphant faith, in the triune God who governs all history. The creedal controversies were not merely theological debates whose scope was restricted to the intellectuals of the church. The development and great popularity of the Te Diem illustrate the vitality of the creedal theology in the everyday life of the early church. This was both fed by the creedal controversies and also made possible the intellectualism which undergirded the Orthodox Fathers. The church which produced and supported the Fathers was a battle-tested church which sang of certain victory in and through Christ the King, Te Diem Laudamus.